0: Um, and uh, whether you've been here before or not, just want to welcome you here at Discovery. Um, I want to welcome the J-12ers. Those are our fifth and sixth graders that are in with us. Uh, This morning, you're not in here because you have to be, uh, but because we want you to be, and uh, so we had a special notes page written up for you. Hopefully, uh, my teaching will be uh, at least a fraction of exciting as what you usually get on a Sunday morning, but um, uh, so good to meet many of you coming in this morning, Uh, meet some new people, and just, I love hearing the different uh, stories of of why we're here. We all come for different reasons. We're in all different places of, of life. Some of us with church experience, others without, and it's just good to come together. On a Sunday morning, a place where not only as a church can we be welcomed in, but where uh, God, our Heavenly Father, actually invites us to come just as we are. Um, The reality is, our weeks are full of lots of different things ups and downs, highs and lows, uh, things that are weighing on our minds, things that are heavy on our hearts, um, and we just get to come together. couple weeks ago, uh, one of those things happened during the week um, with, with my family, whereas it, it was already late at night, um, we had gone to bed, and uh, all of a sudden I woke up to uh, the, the voice of my wife saying, Johnny, Johnny, come quick, uh, and um, that's never a good thing to hear, um, and so, uh, I kind of ran to the other side of the house from where our bedroom is into the kids' bedrooms, uh, and, and lo and behold, there, um, was a situation where, uh, we have fish tank in the kids' room, of course, um, there's fish tank in the kids' room and, uh, the, the filter of that fish tank had gotten clogged and it was now overflowing and it was actually kind of dripping down, um, the electrical cord, um, into where it was plugged in. Now, just this is a little side input, a little kind of Aquarist advice. You're supposed to make a loop in the cord so that if this happens, it drips straight down. But one of our kids had uh, kind of rearranged the room, cleaned up the room, awesome thing. Uh, and uh, But they had pulled the cord kind of tight. And so as a result, the water was dripping down right into uh, the surge protector. And, and so what we saw... Uh, and what we smelled, and even what my wife heard in a, a popping, she had this crazy mom sense, uh, that uh, to go to the other room was, was this. Now, this is not a distorted picture at all. That's actually like the shape of the surge protector, uh, which is not supposed to be. But water was dripping down into it. it Smell was popping. Um, it was, uh, looked like it was about ready to go. It's like, uh, wow. Um, we were just saved from something catastrophic. Uh, Over the summer, my family dealt with a flood in the house. And as we were fixing and making all the repairs, I said, you know what's going to happen after this house? We're going to have a fire. And, you know, all that's going to go to waste to really teach me some lessons. But thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, Thank you to God and thank you to my wife and the instinct that she has to hear these things when I'm dead asleep. Um, And uh, so, but the question is, after kind of getting through that in the middle of the night, what is it that we uh, did? Um, well, what we kind of do in the wake of that is my wife posted on Facebook uh, so that we can kind of tell everybody what happened. Um, but what I do is I bring in sermon illustration. Okay, so here is that actual surge protector. And, and, but the real question is, what do we do after something like that uh, takes place? Um, we, we make some changes, we uh, shut off the filter, we unplug the uh, surge protector, we look for the cause of the problem, and we don't just go back to bed like, oh, we made it through. No, there's actually some changes uh, that, that were made, and, and not only is there kind of practical impact, but there's also, uh, when you go through something like that, like it, it kind of jars your soul a little bit, a- and you think through some different things, and you're thankful to God in some different ways. Uh, The question that we're going to talk about today is this, what do you do after God brings you through? What do you do after God safely brings you through something? Um, We are in today part seven of our eight-part series um, through Acts 27 and 28, a series we've called Wrecked, and we've been talking about the shipwrecked journey of a missionary by the name of Paul. And so we've been through Acts 27, kind of going verse by verse. Uh, Today we are going to be in Acts 28, if you want to turn in there to your Bibles. uh, This is the last chapter uh, of the book of Acts, and uh, it's found on page 546 of the Bibles that we use. If you want a Bible, put up your hand. One of our servants will bring you one, or you can turn to it on the app as well, Acts 28. A little bit of context of what's going on here. Um, we've been talking about Paul has been called uh, through an incredible conversion experience. He used to persecute the people of God, and then he was called to actually not only be a Christ follower, but to be one of the uh, great leaders of the church, advancing the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And he receives a call that he is to go to Rome, which at that point was like the pinnacle. That was the empire. That was the capital city. And so he's to take that word to, Rome, and he had received the calling that you will go to Rome. And so he gets on board this ship actually as a prisoner, uh, but the ship is to take him to Rome in order to share uh, the gospel as a a testament to his faith. And meanwhile, he gets on the ship and some of the guys on the ship make a bad decision uh, and they end up in this two-week storm um, that kind of just blowing them, driving them across the sea, and then uh, it ends, as we talked last week, with a shipwreck on an unknown island island. So as we pick up the story today, um, as we had left off last week, there were uh, sailors that some of them could swim to the island. Others got uh, a hold of planks, something like this maybe, and they end up on this island. God brings them all safely through, and they are now sitting, standing there, coming through the wind and waves on this island, seeing what's next. Verse 1, it says, after we were brought safely through, We then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea. "'Justice has not allowed him to live. "'He, Paul, however, shook off the creature into the fire "'and suffered no harm. "'The natives on the island were waiting for him to swell up "'or suddenly fall down dead. "'But when they had waited a long time "'and saw no of fortune come to him, "'they changed their minds and said he was a god. "'Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands "'belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius.' who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Lord God, thank you for bringing us safely here today. Uh, we've been through some stuff. God, many of us are going through some stuff right now. And what we know about our future is that uh, one way or another, we're going to go through some stuff. Um, But God, you brought us here today. Um, You brought us safely through some things in our lives. And God, you're wanting to comfort us in the midst of some things in our lives. And you're wanting to prepare us for some other things in our lives. So, God, I pray that in our time together here that we would have thankful hearts to you, that we would uh, see you, that we would know you more, and that we would understand what it is that you have for our life. God, I pray that you would come and that you would uh, speak to us here in this place as we've come. We want to hear from you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a Christian doctrine, a, a truth that we hold on to, that we cling to, that is uh, really an anchor to our souls in the midst of hard times, and it is the doctrine of God's providence. The theologian J.I. Packer uh, writes it this way, he says, the doctrine of providence teaches us that we are never in the grip of blind forces, namely fortune, chance, luck, fate, all that happens to us is divinely planned. And each event comes as a new summons to trust, obey, and rejoice, knowing that all is for one spiritual and eternal good. The theologian R.C. Sproul says this, one of the most popular New Testament verses is Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose. This text on divine providence is as difficult to comprehend as it is popular If God is able to make everything that happens to us work together for our good, then ultimately everything that happens to us is good. We must be careful here to stress the word ultimately. On the earthly plane that things happen to us may indeed be evil. We must be careful not to call good evil or evil good. We encounter affliction, misery, injustice, and a host of other evils. Yet God in his goodness transcends all these things and works them to our good. For the Christian, ultimately, there are no tragedies. Ultimately, the providence of God works all these proximate evils for our final benefit. Catch that word, ultimately. We we know this that though we face many proximate evils as a result of being in this broken world, we go uh, through those shipwrecks, uh, we go through those difficult times, we are lost in our pain and our grief. Ultimately, God is sovereign over all things. Nothing happens outside his control, and he is redeeming, and he is working all those things ultimately for our good. Um, The theologian Martin Luther uh, said it this way, he was talking about God's providence when he said, if God told me to eat the dung off the streets, not only would I eat it, but I would know this is good for me. Keyword there being no. Because very often it doesn't feel good, it doesn't taste good when we go through these hard times, when the story we are beaten, we are battered. But we cling, we hold on to this reality that God is above all things as we go through these difficult times in our lives. But we can know. Now, pastorally, I would never recommend that we just go around kind of quoting Romans 8. to Maybe you've been in that situation where there's kind of a quick fix to thinking, oh, all things are working to the good. So just get over what you're going through. I've been through enough things personally uh, in my college days of sin and getting wrecked there. In my uh, times of grief for my father, for my father-in-law, for uh, the struggles that I've gone through in my marriage and uh, sitting through times of counseling. I never in the midst of that uh, would say, "Hey, just get over it. All things are good." And many of you are here today, and you're in a place where it hurts. It's painful. And while we talk about God's providence, and it is indeed what we have to come back to and, and hold and cling to and, and learn about, uh, the, the reality is you may go, be going through a hard time, I'm so glad that you are here. It may have taken everything, taken everything that you have to even show up on a Sunday morning to say, God, if there's any hope, I'll take that step on your last thread of belief, but, but, but you're here and you're holding on. To see what God has for us in this time. Ultimately, God is working all things to our good. See, we're in a world of turmoil, a world of brokenness, a world of pain, but we hold on to this truth that there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that happens outside of God's sight, out of God's control. Ultimately, God is allowing us to go through the brokenness of this world, ultimately for our best and for his glory. But yet it is only after sometimes that we get this perspective and that we can actually understand what it is we've gone through. Verse 1, it says this, after we were brought safely through, after we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. See, last week when we left off, it was an unknown island. They didn't know where they were going. They wouldn't know how they would get it through. They land on this island of Malta. And one of these sailors must have looked around with the planks and the other people kind of getting in and say, this looks a little bit like Malta. Now now Malta on that journey, uh, as ironic as it is, that is actually the main route from where they left to get to Rome. They're actually back on course with where they are supposed to go. Now, they had to take a crazy two weeks get in there. But ultimately, they had landed right where God had intended them to be. I don't know if you've had circumstances like that. Uh, You know, for me, being here in Davis, you know, I came here as a marine biologist. There's no ocean right here. It's kind of a weird place to land. In fact, I could have gone down to San Diego, uh, be on the beach there, but I ended up in Davis. And so for years, it kind of, it's kind of funny that I ended up in the middle of the agriculture fields here uh, as a marine biologist. Uh, but it was only after many years that I realized the call that God had for us to be here. And he was planning it all along his ways. I wanted. I could look back at all of the heartache along those ways. The times when I wandered like any other in college. And the sorrow and the shame and the guilt and the regret that I went through. It was only after that I realized that God has a place for me to minister in a university town. As I went through the grief of losing my father at a young age, I would have never known, unless you've been through grief, you don't know it. You'd never be able to minister well to other people. But as God brought through those situations, as he brought through some of those hardships in marriage and parenting that so many of us are suffering, I look back and I say, God had a plan And he was preparing, he was positioning me. And that's what we believe is that, uh, I don't know how you ended up here. Maybe it was heartache, maybe it was by not even thinking and you kind of ended up here in today, but what you need to know is that God has been positioning you and he is preparing you for what he has for your life. He is bringing you through. And you don't want to give up now. You don't want to give up now. He has brought you here to this place. Do not give up. Trust in the providence of God. As those of us who have been through it, we can testify that he is good, it hurts, and it's hard. But he is working something well beyond our plans. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly But then we will see face to face. Now we know in heart. Then we shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Right now, in our circumstance, we can't see clearly. Clarity and understanding come after we've been through some stuff. When we can look back and say, God was there all along. He's put us right where we need to be, right where he wants us to be. And therefore, we do not give up. Secondly, after God brings us safely through, we often experience God's unusual kindness. It says, the native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled the fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. Now, here's the reality of our world and the circumstances. Just when you get out of the sea, the rain keeps coming, and it's cold, and it's hard. But God is often gracious in the midst of our circumstance, after we've been through the extremely hard time, that he shows unusual kindness, his grace, that we can enjoy, that we can experience that, it lets up. In this place, the sailors, they received the unusual kindness through a group of people that made a fire, a nice warm fire, even as it continues to drizzle about. Our circumstances will not always change But how we experience God through it may very well change. The Bible never teaches us that suffering is only for suffering's sake and that it's unending. Otherwise, this is hopeless. But we are always taught that there is a glory beyond the suffering. We are always told that there is a a joy beyond the cross. This is this, that we are to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him went And endured the cross. That there is a joy of knowing his people. That there is a joy of a resurrection that comes beyond the cross. And we are guaranteed, my friends, by the goodness of God, whatever life on this earth looks like, that there is glory to come. And very often, I mean we can think of examples of this. That we've been through a hard time and then we experience like an emotional care package from God. You know, and many of you, we can remember back to the day that Jesus came and opened our heart to him, where we were filled with all kinds of turmoil, where we are lost in our own filth, where, where we were kind of uh, feeling this guilt and shame, and then we let it all go and we trust in Jesus, and we experience God's unusual kindness. And we felt it in our heart, the peace, the joy, the hope, when we come to Christ Maybe like any other time in our life, we experience that goodness because he wants us to know that he's there, that we've taken a good step. I always think think of this in terms of scuba diving. I realize we have a lot of props today. (laughs) But in scuba diving, I don't know how many of you are scuba divers, but it it takes a lot to, to get ready. You're kind of, when you're above the ground, when you're on the boat, you're weighted down with all this weight. Tank, you have this mask on, you can't see, it's fogging up. You have these flippers on, you can't walk. And you're just trying to get to the edge of the boat. But when you step off and you sink beneath the waters and you see the life that's down there and you experience the weightlessness in the water, that's a picture of the, the glory beyond the suffering, and it's so worth it. Many of us have been through times of addiction when it is the lowest of the low, but then in Christ we experience freedom, and we remember that. We experience marriage turmoil, and and we barely maybe make it to come for prayer or for counseling or to have the conversation, but then we experience maybe like a first date all over again. God's unusual kindness through that. You have tough relationships, but then you experience the goodness of a uh, friendship. You are mired in debt, but there's nothing like that feeling of, of paying it off and seeing zero all over again and being free to be generous and, and to know that we can now steward God's resources well. You've been through difficult church experiences, but then you experience community. Brand new. You never thought it could be that way. It's God's unusual kindness. What do we do in the midst of God's unusual kindness? We enjoy it. Very often we don't take time to enjoy. It's always like, okay, I need to beat this next thing out of my life. The wrecking comes for sure. But when we are experiencing God's unusual, enjoy it. Relish in that community. Relish in hearing the Word of God, just worshiping. If you've been through some stuff, and today you get to just kind of raise your arms to experience your relationship with Jesus. That's what Sunday morning is for. It's not about all the doing, and it's not about all the disciplines. It's about enjoying our relationship with God. But do we recognize, after we've come through, that we're experiencing God's unusual Kindness. The reality is, it won't be long until um, we get hit with something else. Verse 3, it says, uh, Paul was just trying to make a fire, helping with the unusual kindness. And as he grabbed the bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper, poisonous, came out and latched onto his hand. And everybody around says, "Oh, he made it through the sea, but we know those vipers, and he is down and out for the count. But well, look at what it says Paul does. It says that he, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. I'm say, "Shake it off. Shake it off. Hey, I mean, you can pull out your best Taylor Swift, you know? Haters' going to hate, hate, hate. Hey, we shake it off. Something happens as we have bend through the storms that we, that we learn it's part of our, our maturing that sometimes when the same crisis hits, when the same conversation, when the same difficulty, we don't handle it the same way. We handle it in a different way. Now hear me clearly here, church. The last thing that I'm saying as you go through deep grief go through deep pain, go through deep struggles with sin and temptation, that it's as easy as shaking it off. But part of our growing and our maturing in Christ is that when we handle these circumstances, we handle them differently. That we are no longer just focused on the wind and the waves, on the crisis and the circumstance. But we are focused on our God who leads us through. And we are no longer just turned towards all the turmoil, but we are turned towards our God. I mean, Paul had been through one shipwreck, two shipwrecks. And now we see a faithful man walk through three shipwrecks. I've been through marriage counseling once. Been through marriage counseling twice, but we learn things as we go, and we get through some of those things, and we're growing along the way. As you look at your life, are you maturing? Are you seeing that you can now have growing peace, that you can have growing faith in the midst of the circumstances as they come? I mean, we're faces that. I mean, we prayed about uh, the election. You know, we have, we have snake. You know, we see a picture of Paul, you know, shaking that snake off. How is it? Are we kind of so focused on the turmoil of the world that we have lost hope? That we have lost sight on the fact that God is still leading us through? That it might not look like we think it may look, but God is still guiding the ship. And as you go through things in your life, coming to that understanding that God will too lead through this... There's so much hurt, there's so much pain, there's so much brokenness that we are experiencing. Our our scriptures tell us this. Romans chapter 5 says this, not only do we look to Christ but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts, and the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And we can recognize if we look, yes, through our sufferings, we are having to endure, but our character is being built, and our character is producing a hope that goes beyond our circumstance. We can actually look up, and we can see God's love, and we can experience the comfort, the peace from His Holy Spirit within us. We can understand what it says in James 1, where it says, I count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet trials of various kinds. For we know that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We're called to be stable and steadfast, not in our circumstances, by looking at God, by understanding who he is. Note also that our our reaction to these times of crisis causes people to wonder. You have the natives there that are like, why isn't this guy falling down dead? Why isn't he convulsing like everybody else that's get bit by vipers? And they actually go from the streams to say, he's a murderer, he's lost. And they say, he must be a god. Now, Paul was not a god, but he was loved, guided by the one who is God. And Paul was always faithful to point glory to the one. I'll tell you, as we go through different things, if we are as frantic, as we are as woe as me, as we are as hopeless as the rest of the world, there's no reason why anybody should look to the God that we glorify. However, as we go through these things, as we learn, as we grow, and as we mature, maturing is, in crisis, as much a process as it is growing from a child to an adult. It takes time. It's a process. But we don't need to bear guilt. We don't need to bear shame throughout it. Now, here's the reality. You are a living testament to the goodness of God. You are a living testament to the goodness of God. You've been broken You've been hurt. You've been through pain. You've been through shipwrecks. You're carrying the burden with you everywhere you go. And it's awkward. And it's distracting. And some days it's just getting heavy. But in Christ, the good news that we have in him, you are not just a testament to the brokenness of this world. You are a testament to the goodness of God. You see, the burdens, the regrets, the shame, what the gospel does is want to take those things that are burdensome to them, that that would cause pain, that would weigh us down, that would hold us back, that would simply be shards and splinters hurting us day after day, and he wants to turn them into a testament to his goodness, that he is the one who leads us through. And so many of us, we're just carrying our hurts and our pains like a burden, Something that hinders us through this life. When God, through Christ, wants to take them and make them a testament. He wants to take those things, your brokenness, your pain, guide you through them. First, He guides you through them, brings you a deep healing, a deep comfort, and ultimately makes you a testament to Him. You're not defined by your brokenness. After God's led you through, you're defined by his goodness and you are a testament to his goodness. Once God has so impacted us, he then uses us to impact others. And the, the final blank that you'll fill in is this, that after God's brought us through, we can look for opportunities that we may have missed if everything went according to us. Now in the neighborhood of that place where lands belonging to the chief man his dad was sick and so uh, Paul visited him prayed for him put hands on him and healed him See God wants to do healing work in people's lives He can and he does and he will And then it says, the rest of the island came to be cured from all different kinds of things as well. You see, if they had made it straight through, if they hadn't been through the wrecking, they may have ended up on that island in a completely different attitude, a completely different place. If they had been able to get quicker to Rome to fulfill the the ultimate calling that was on their lives, they may have missed the opportunity that God had for them right there on that island. See, where God has you, every step of the journey may not look like you thought it would look, may not be where you want it to be, but there's opportunities all around you for God to use you, to use your experience, and he wants to use you right where he has you today. It says in 2 Corinthians, we are afflicted in every way, we're not crushed, we're perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. 2 Corinthians 1 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. With the comfort with which we were comforted by God. See, God's going to use the experiences that you're going through. As we keep our eyes on him, he is going to redeem them he is going to heal you he is going to set your eyes in the right place and then he's going to use you to minister to others we are a room full of hurting people we've been through lots of things some of us are still hurting there's other people sitting next to us that are hurting right now and you've been given a gift by God in the knowledge of how he comforts And the knowledge of the peace that he wants to bring. And he wants you to be the one that can bring that comfort and peace to others. He sent you here for that purpose. If you need to get well, get well. And sit and be strengthened and be ministered to. But if you're sitting here with a story and a gift that God has brought you through, use it as a testament for him. Use it to minister to others that God wants to reach out to. I just want us to pause for a moment. Because here's the thing, regardless of where we are, I believe God's brought us safely through some things. Just think about it for a minute. What is it that God has brought you through? Maybe it was a childhood that was so broken and hurting. But God brought you through it. Maybe it's a family background or an abuse against yourself. That brought guilt and brought shame, but God has brought you through. Painful middle school memories, loneliness, hurt, God's brought you through. Loneliness, God's brought you through. He's brought us through some stuff. Maybe it was that wrong decision. Remember that wrong decision that you made that it could have went bad, or maybe it did go bad, but God brought you through it, lifted you out of the muck and mire, and he put your feet on a rock again. The wrong relationship that was your everything, and it hurt so much. But God brought you through, and he gave you something new. See, God brought us through some stuff. If we would pause and realize that, then our faith would grow that he'll bring us through this as well. What has God brought you through? Consider it. How can it build your faith for today? Hey, If you've been through some stuff, here's what I believe God would call us to do, to remember. God's always calling his people to remember. Remember how I brought you through. Remember how I led you and guided you, because we're forgetful people. So You need to take some time this week to remember. If God's brought you through some stuff, he's also calling us to action, to to act in some way. Maybe it's just taking some reflection. Maybe it's been a long time. Thanksgiving's coming up. Maybe it's been a long time since you reflected on what you can actually be thankful for. Maybe it's been a long time since you've enjoyed your relationship with God. And you're missing out on the truth of the freedom that we have in Christ. Yes, you sin, you stumble, you mess up time and time again, but Maybe he's just calling you to to worship with a glad, joyful heart today. That he's not let you go, he's still carrying you through. Maybe he's calling you to encourage somebody else. And to act on that, to to take your story and to to use your story so that other people could see the goodness of God as well. Because there's people here, and I know you're here, that are just hurting. You're still in the midst of the storm. Waves and wind are beating you, and I'm so glad that you're here. We don't have a quick fix. Jesus is the answer. God is good. But what we want to do is just walk alongside you, support you, cry with you, share how God has impacted our life, and be here for you. And the best thing you can do today is just receive prayer from somebody, whether it's a prayer team or somebody sitting next to you in the seats. You may even be here today, and your, your life really hasn't seen the goodness of God because you haven't known God. You've never trusted in him. Well, I want you to know that God has brought you here this morning. He's brought you safely through whatever it is that you've been through, the doubts, the questions, the hurts, the wonderings, and he has you here this morning. What we believe is God has each one of us here this morning, and we are sitting on this beach Holding on to the shipwreck of our lives and the brokenness, and the decision now is ours. And if we're sitting here, God wants us to know that when we show up with burdens, the reason that He sent His Son was to take those burdens, to take the weight, to take the splinters, to take the guilt, to take the shame. And it wasn't a shipwreck plank, it was an old, rugged cross. That our Savior died for us. And we can lay our burdens down. We can lay our pain. We can lay our hurts. And find the joy beyond the suffering. Jesus died for you. God brought you here today so that you could know that truth. So that you could lay it down. So that you could walk away. So that you could be free. Knowing that Jesus endured. And today you are free. So like those sailors, we sit on an island. Where do we go from here? He's brought us back on track. We are on course because we are here this morning. We're hearing the good news of Jesus. Where do we go from here? Some of us need to step forward for the first time and trust and step into that water off of the boat and experience the peace and the joy. of Knowing Christ. Can't experience it until you step. Some of you need to be loved and cared for, and that's why we're here. As God leads us through things, let's not be people who wallow in our hurt and in our guilt and in our shame and carry burdens that God never intended you to carry in Christ. Let's lay him down. Let's remember his goodness. Let's let him keep guiding our path from here forward. Lord God, we show up here. We are weary. We are heavy laden. Not just by physical schedules, routines, busyness, expectations. But we are burdened in our hearts. We have been wounded. We have been scarred deep within. And God, you have been speaking to us, leading us through, doing a wrecking, bringing things to the surface. So that this time when we are sitting on the shore, we would know that there's a God who wants to lead us through. And now we can get honest before you, God. It begins with getting honest before you. Whatever it is that you showed up here with today, God invites you to lay it down at the foot of the cross. To know that he is good. He's so good. He loves you so much that he sent his son. If we believe in him, He promises a new, eternal life. God, help us to see you clearly, to know you more deeply, to understand that we are not a people who are to carry our brokenness, but that we are to experience your goodness and to live in view of that. God, pray for us who are beaten by the wind and the waves. Every day, we're reminded. I pray that you would replace that with a reminder of your goodness that begins right here at the cross. Thank you, God, for leading us through by sending your son to go before us that we can follow him today and every day. Thank you, Jesus, in your name.